Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of This Week in APA. I am your host, John Aslan. Glad you could join me once again. Been off for a couple of weeks, but now I'm back. And uh, apparently uh, some other things are in line to come back, and whether they do or not, well, that is up for speculation. As sports uh, uh, begins to... I guess begin again uh, in this age of COVID-19 and uh, NBA basketball players are starting to arrive at the bubble and in Orlando and uh, Major League Baseball teams are at summer camp (laughs) Uh, and uh, you know football now there's the big debate over college football and the Ivy League has opted out of all fall sports and question is will other conferences follow or will other conferences just ignore it and say well that's the ivy league but we're the sec we're the big 10 we can't do that we have other obligations well what their obligation is is money and we all know that and uh, well you know it's not for me to say but i will say this and mark it down in fact i'm uh, coming to you on july 9th uh, of 2020 I don't think baseball is going now with these sports may get started some I don't think will but I think Major League Baseball NBA NFL will not complete their seasons this is not going away folks no matter how much the people who are debunking this as just mad science and it's a political ploy this ain't going away and whether you want to believe it or not whether and whether or not it's as serious as the scientific community wants to tell you you know i'm gonna just say i don't know um i think and and my humble opinion that herd immunity is the way out of this but in the meantime while people who may not have symptoms or very mild symptoms the large majority uh, are going to be that, especially those of younger ages. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to fall victim to this uh, virus, and that's the decision we have to make. Um, I have a 92-year-old uh, father. I can't do the things that some of these people say that, well, you know, we're going to open up, we're going to go to restaurants, we're going to go to bars, we're, we're going to go to events. I can't do that. Even if I wanted to, I can't do that because I have to be cognizant of my father who I take care of part time. Um, you know, I have a, I have a grandson who has some asthma issues. I worry about him. I have a daughter who's pregnant uh, with, with uh, a baby due in September. I have to worry about her. Um, it's not all about you folks and I'm not making a political statement here but those people who are so rabid against wearing a mask uh, you know and, and this isn't this isn't something I came up with but you know what when you go into a restaurant you don't have a shirt on guess what they're turning your ass around and you're going right back out the door I don't see people screaming and hollering about that the no shoes, no shirt, no service situation, but they don't want to wear a mask because by God, that's a political statement. Well, good for you. And you know, the rest of us just have to be smart and say, even though those people feel like there's no danger, we have to be vigilant and we have to watch out not only for ourselves, but for those around us. 
So, uh, you know, as far as, as sports go, uh, I don't think it's going to come to play. I have no idea how football and basketball are going to function without a, a uh, an outbreak that is going to shut down their season. And my thing is, why start? If you're going to shut it down now, baseball is only a couple of weeks away. Baseball is a little bit easier because there isn't as close contact. But even the smallest of outbreaks is going to cause a ripple effect. And a 60-game season, really? I mean, does it matter if you cancel it? So a lot of things will be coming up, and we're going to find out a lot in the next few weeks to a month or two months, whatever it is. Um, this. Uh, is going to be an interesting uh, summer and early fall. But in the Apple world, everybody's happy. They can play their Apple, and thank God we have that as a hobby. It's not bothering me at all to stay in the house. Not one iota as I am uh, continuing on playing as much Apple as I can. I hope you are too. Uh, sales have been brisk in Alpharetta and continue to be, and uh, it's, it's a, a good time as far as that goes. So uh, let's get right to it. Uh, I've got a guest on this week's edition. His name is Steve Craig. He is uh, the morning drive guy on 97.1 FM in Atlanta. He was suggested to me by John Hurston, who listens to him every morning on his way in to the office. Uh, so we're going to talk to Steve. He's an APA guy, a newcomer to the APA uh, game family. And so we will chat with him right after we come back from this break and stick around for this edition of This Week in Apple. And welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Apple. I'm your host, John Azalon. And as promised, I have a bona fide, genuine DJ on the line. He is the <laughs> morning disc jockey on 97.1 FM, The River in Atlanta. He plays all your favorite hits. And as John Herson said, uh, not only does he help him on his drive into the office, but uh, uh, he likes uh, Apple products as well. And that's why we got him on the program. So without further ado, I want to welcome in my guest, Steve Craig. Craig, thanks for taking the time to join me on this week in Apple. John, thanks for having me. Just uh, just keep in mind when you say disc jockey, that's like saying saying stewardess. So we are we are radio, <laughs> radio personality. personality. What, <laughs> well, well, see, when I was doing radio, we were just old disc jockeys and uh, talk show hosts. You know, that's, exactly. That's what we did. Yeah, that's right. That's that's a perfect analogy. The uh, don't want to call any of those uh, young ladies stews anymore. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep it at that. Uh, Steve, uh, first of all, you know, you do the morning drive. Uh, I think it's like 5 to 10 uh, a.m. What time do you have to get up to do that? 3.50. Well, that's not bad. You know, the coffee pot sets <laughs> off at uh, 3.40 and it gives me a time to amble down the stairs. And uh, then 3.50, I get my first cup of coffee and then uh, I'm starting to prep at that point. That is fantastic. That, that is that you, is, that you is never good. you never get used to it. Never. 
Yeah, it's like that. It's like that third shift. You know, you you just you you can't get you can't get a handle on it. But uh, exactly. But like uh, my my girlfriend will say, "Well, what do you want for dinner?" I say, "It's eight o'clock. I gotta go to bed." <laughs> yeah, and and she never gets used to it either. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. I guess you're right. So uh, uh, now you're from Huntington Beach, California, originally. Am I correct? That's where I grew up. Yes. Yeah, and uh, what got you to Atlanta? Uh, radio, pretty much. I started out uh, in uh, uh, Orange County in uh, down in Southern California and, mm-hmm. and pretty much hanging around a radio station down there. Um, KEZY was the station right down the street from Disneyland. Ah, cool. And I just knew some people there and uh, kind of got a little weekend shift there. And that led to an, like the first full-time job in Lompoc, California, of all places. Then <laughs> uh, I, I, I had all the fun California cities. I worked in Bar- Barstow, Fresno, Lompoc, and then uh, <laughs> San Bernardino. Um, but then I just came out uh, and worked at a radio station that was hiring in Atlanta. And I've uh, yeah. been here since, uh, gosh, 1990. Two is when I got here, and then I had a little four-year um, uh, rock and roll job in New York City, which was fun. And then cool. uh, came yeah. came back here about eight years ago. Oh, no kidding. So you uh, you made the you made the junket, and you know that's that isn't that unusual for radio personalities. I hope I did that right. That's uh, very nomadic. Yeah, yes, it's a very nomadic because I've been fortunate to actually be in one market, um, and then for for the longest time I was at a station called ninety nine X, and I was uh, there for about seventeen years mm. uh, on the same shift. Which you know, you've been in the business; it's very rare to right. have that long a run on one station. So right. that's, that's, Atlanta's been very good. Well, that's great, and uh, the weather's pretty decent most of the time. It's not it's not Southern California, but uh, but it, it ain't bad. It's it's considered the South, and so you get some warm weather down there, and I, I guess that uh, helps uh, in the, in the length that you've been there. And, and you're right. I mean, it is a nomadic existence. You're, you're just looking uh, sometimes you're just going job to job to try to find a place to fit in. And it sounds like you found your home, uh, there in Atlanta. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, we're going to get back to a little bit of your, uh, uh, biography. Uh, but again, this podcast is called this week in app. And if I don't get to it, I'm going to get the people calling <laughs> in and saying, why aren't you talking app? So, uh, let's talk about your app experience started playing Appa. Are you a newcomer or have you played back when you were a kid? I'm actually a newcomer. Uh, I, I really wasn't uh, uh, familiar with Appa when I was younger. Um, and I don't know why I missed it uh, because I was into, um, well, my first uh, uh, experience was with Avalon Hill uh, board games. And I was a, I was a, a little uh, grognard, a war gamer. <laughs> And so I was into the, you know, the, the, the chits and dice and, and, and the yeah. big giant maps and, and the grand scale war games. And I kind of, you know, it was hard finding people to play with. And so I kind of went into solitaire games mm-hmm. and I picked up three uh, M sports games and started playing uh, some of those. And they were kind of like, you know, they, they weren't very detailed. They were fun. Um, but they, they weren't very detailed at all, but I remember, you know, having a lot of fun with those and especially the, uh, the, the golf game. And so I've always kind of like, you know, gone back and forth with different solitaire, uh, type games. Uh, and then, uh, about maybe two years ago, I was just looking for a, a golf game that I could play solitaire that was, you know, a little bit more detailed and all of a sudden, boom, here comes Appa golf. Yeah. And I, I, and I found out that it went back all the way to like 19, into the 50s sure. and and was was just amazed on the detail. And it was just uh, just phenomenal the way it was all completely uh, set up. 
and the history of it is what I what I love because then I started collecting uh, some of the older um, versions and some of the older card sets. Oh, and okay. the, the big search, the big search, I finally found when I actually spent uh, a good uh, a chunk of money to, to, to do it is I needed to get the little pewter markers <laughs> that you just can't find anywhere. <laughs> You're right. And I, and I finally, and I have my four little pewter markers cause I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it with the, uh, with the grease pencil. And, yeah. and now I'm, I'm, I'm getting my rounds in quick and it's, it's, it's nice and it's, it's, it's fluid and I'm having a great time with it uh, and, and looking to branch out more. Yeah. And, and those markers, that, that is a point of contention and, and something that's, that's talked about and uh, guys are showing the different markers that they make for the golf game. When you go on the uh, Facebook sites, it's uh, yeah, yeah, you, you did well if you came up with the pewters. So it's uh, uh, it, it seems to be working out pretty good for you. Now um, I understand that you have a relationship with John Hurston now, the, the, uh, the game company owner, of course, you, you being right down the road from, from the main office there. When did you uh, meet John? Well, as soon as I found the, uh, the game and I actually ordered one online a few years ago and yeah. the, the, the courses that I got in the Apple golf game were um, just kind of the basic courses. And I couldn't find any other than uh, going online to the website and I had some questions about the gameplay and I wanted to find out, you know, if they had any more of the, uh, um, the hard to find courses. And so I find it, found out that uh, John Hurston was literally down the road, like you said, and, and I <laughs> called up and I said, Hey, yeah, yeah, come on down. We got everything down here. So, uh, came on, you know, it just came in he was great. And we sat down and we ended up talking more about, uh, minor league baseball than, uh, <laughs> than much else. Um, and he said, Oh yeah, here's, here's the uh, warehouse. Here's where we do this. And here's all, all you know, all the, the, the cards for this season. Here's the baseball. Here's the football, yeah. soccer going. It's like, and then we just went to his office and talked about minor league baseball. <laughs> <laughs> you have the typical John Hurston story. I, I, that is exactly how it begins. I went down there just because I'm from way back when the when the company was in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, in Amish country. Wow! And I used to drive there the first day the cards, the baseball cards, were available, and been there probably half a dozen times. And and then the company moved to to Alpharetta, and a friend and I were going. Um, uh, down to watch an Atlanta Braves game when their new when their new uh, facility opened, and we said, "Why don't we just stop in and and see the game company?" I mean, it, it's it's certainly not the way it used to be when it was in a big a former schoolhouse in in uh, in uh, Pennsylvania. So we drove down there. We you know when we had been there before, the when it was in Lancaster, there would be lines out the door for people waiting to buy the cards the first day they were out. Wow. And inside, it was kind of like Mecca, you know, uh, there was a guy named Vera Lincoln at the desk and we, you know, he was very, you know, everybody in line and get in line. And then when the Dick Sites was like the Wizard of Oz. You never saw him, you, you know, the guy that created the game. And, uh, but when we went to the Alpharetta, we walked in the door and a guy came out of an office and, we thought he might've been the janitor. It turned out to be John Herson. And, <laughs> and he, uh, he took us in. We were there three hours. We almost missed the Braves game because we, we sat there <laughs> and he gave us a tour and he talked and, and, and that's how I really became involved in doing the podcast. Uh, Cause he knew I had a little bit of background in, in broadcasting, but yeah, that is a typical story. Uh, if you go to meet John or if you go to see John Herson, you got to carve out at least two hours of your time because, uh, you'll just sit back and he's so easy to talk to and, and a great guy. And, uh, 
Uh, and so when you went back to the warehouse, I mean, were you, it is kind of, of, of all inspiring to see all the boxes and cards and all the different games. Were you aware of all the different games that the company did? No. And, and it was very intimidating too, because I, I took an interest in the, the baseball game and mm-hmm. thought, okay, well, I can do a solitaire version of it. I can find some, some people who I know. And then there's a couple of people here uh, that John was telling me about in Atlanta Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of guys who work at the, at uh, one of the sports stations that they're big APA fans. So yes. I'm going to try to get uh, maybe some uh, some baseball games going with uh, uh, my friend John Kincaid and uh, see what we can work out that way. But um, so I'm starting to get more interested in some of the other. And I saw the soccer uh, yes. game, mm-hmm. and I'm the uh, uh, stadium announcer for Atlanta United here yeah. in the MLS. Mm-hmm. Right. And I thought maybe I can kind of see if I can get the uh, the soccer game rolling too. And then uh, yeah. and you look and you get some reviews and get some YouTube videos and and oh, it's easy. figure yeah. out how the how the gameplay is. And uh, uh, but I'm I'm wrapped up in in golf right now just because it's it's been a long time since we've actually had the PGA. And, yeah. you know, we're trying and watching these guys play. It's kind of sad. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau just, you know, won, uh, you know, a major tournament. And there's just no cheering. Nope, nobody there's, there. There's nobody there. <laughs> it's just really sad. And then, then also, you know, as you know, the Braves are, are practicing here at Truist Field. And, and right. they're getting ready for their shortened season. And a lot of the players are, are you know, not really – you know, interested in the, in the short season. And there's Freddie Freeman uh, has a case of the COVID now or the Rona, we call it. And so now they're kind of uh, a couple of the other players are going, yeah, I may sit out. So I'm kind of wondering if we're going to have a, a, a finished season but in the meantime you have appa games which is yeah. phenomenal and and you get people who are you know i know doing leagues and everything it's it and it goes back to what what uh, what i did when i was growing up and what really drew me to uh the appa games is remember the old uh, sports illustrated football game way way back uh no i i've heard about it but i've never i never actually played it but i, I yeah, get, I've heard about it. me and my buddy mike when i was when i was gosh 10, 12 years old, we would do complete uh, NFL <laughs> leagues with this uh, because the, the thing was they, they did. Uh, and I don't think they were the first to do it because Apple, I think beat them to it really actually with this. Yeah. Um, they were doing individual uh, team charts and strengths. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, you're, if, if it was the 1970 uh, L.A. Rams, it was like a, the strength of the, the passing game as opposed to the strength of the running game. And then it mm-hmm. was and it was also the, uh, the the different types of dice read that you would have to do. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. okay, this, the red dice is a, a one, two and a three. And then the other dice you add to the to that to get your mm-hmm. specialized right. uh uh, result and it was the same thing and you would compare you know your your offensive result to your defensive result and head to head and then it would be this and that would be your play and we just hours and hours and hours with this <laughs> and then but the, and then and like you said when people would would wait for the 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 player cards to come out for any particular season or any particular team same thing with sports illustrated they had a run with this game for probably a good seven eight years and then it like, they sold it off and it became a, a game called pay dirt uh same thing and then and then Mm -hmm. it was the same thing they also did uh college they called it bowl bound and it was a college version of it and so you could play like you know your your 1984 brigham young cougars against uh 1980 whatever uh george bulldogs and see how that would turn out um, but I know people would wait for the NFL teams uh, mm-hmm. to or the NFL charts for any particular year. And then you'd have your all your your team play charts for that particular year. And then 
they kind of, they, they stopped and then they had like another couple of years and then they completely went away and people are going, wait, where, what happened? Yeah. You know, where's everything? I got, I still play this game. You know, why can't you support it? And, right. and I kind of lost interest, you know, at that, that point. And then, you know, got into other yeah. things, but, but then circling back around to APA, it's like, wow, these guys have been going with this strong in so many different sports. And, and it's, it's just amazing. Yeah. It, it's an amazing engine that, uh, Dick Sites came up with to, uh, 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 to, to make these games. And there are a couple of games that kind of fizzled out too. Uh, bowling. They had a bowling game. They had a saddle racing game, um, those kind of, and they had a basketball game, which it, it, the, the, uh, uh, the big joke around the Apple community is, you know, you started a NBA basketball game and eight years later, you're in the second half. I mean, it was that tedious, <laughs> it was that tedious to play and why, yep. and, and, uh, but, but yeah, the, the other games are great. You, you mentioned the football game. I played when I was a, a teenager, I played a game called Fran Tarkington football, but it was not individualized. It was just charts and dice. And, you know, you, you call to play the defense call to play and then you rolled. It had nothing to do with teams or their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what, when you talk about uh, a game that, that uses players, uh, uh, actual stats and it factors it into your dice rolls and the results. I, I really think it's fascinating. I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've dabbled in a, in a smaller baseball game, when I was again a teenager, but when I found out, I, I was just hooked. Um, let's talk about golf because you seem to be uh, that. That seems to be your go-to. What is it about the golf game? Now, I've never, I've never actually played the golf game. I've seen it played. Uh, I have two golf games on my shelf right here, and eventually I'm going to get to them. But, yeah. uh, but what do you find about the golf game that 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 really sucks you? In? It, uh, it 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 really is an extension of again one of the games I played when I was younger. I used to play this with my dad, who was a big golfer. I mean, he he uh, uh, played golf with the same foursome for 30 35 years around uh, uh um, the la area and he had like you know mm -hmm. two or three courses and, and they would play religiously and so he was he kind of got me into the game a little bit but i was into baseball and football so i didn't really pick up any clubs until much later um but there was a, a game that 3m put out called thinking man's golf and this was their series of sports games that they had and they had a crappy baseball game they had a crappy football game they had <laughs> They had win, place, and show, which was a pretty good horse race game. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. and, and and a lot of it really paralleled what I'm finding out about about Appa, and just not as detailed. But Thinking Man's Golf was almost uh, identical to Appa Golf now, except uh, instead of having a static grid uh, across the uh, any particular hole, mm -hmm. um, Thinking Man's Golf had a moving grid. So you basically had this transparent sheet with a bunch of holes in it and mm. then you would kind of you know direct where your shot was going to go down the fairway and you you play for wind and you'd have mm -hmm. you know like maybe if you uh you know want to be safe and you play it over here or, or what have you and then you roll the dice and then you roll for distance and direction and that's pretty much it so it was okay yeah. it went 240 yards 30 to the right and okay. i got wind going to the right so another 20 to the right so then i'm in i'm in the trees yeah. And then and you would use, you know, your little um, grease pencil and then but it was it was a big, giant um, uh, fold out board of a literal golf course. Mm -hmm. and so all the holes were uh, you know, the same size. Yeah. And 
but there was there was no individual players stats there was no uh, difference in the player who, who that might favor a little bit of a right uh, fade or if this player draws or this player has strong putting game or a short game is better than it's than his drive that kind of thing that wasn't there but uh, I loved playing the game because it was quick, it was easy. I was playing with my dad, and so then when yeah. I found the app of golf game, I went, "Whoa, this is this looks the same. It feels yeah. the same. It plays the same, but it's much more detailed." And I've got a, I've got a, you know, a, a, a pack of cards with whoever I want to play yeah. with and whoever I want to pit against, whether I'm playing with a friend or if I'm playing by myself, so I can get, you know, as I can go back as far as old Tom Morris back in the you know, 1800s <laughs> right. and play and see how, how he would do against uh, Jack Nicholas, you know, in, in yeah. his heyday or, you know, or I can just, you know, do a go-to thing and say, okay, Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods. Let's go. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, the, what, what really drew me was just the, the, the player detail and, and the way that each player, and I don't know how it, it, they, 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 contabulate all of the information that they get which is just amazing i mean it's That's the same incredible. thing for right. for baseball players and football players and everything yeah. um to actually you know turn that into a playable card that mm-hmm. actually works really well because yeah. a lot of the players that i've that i've used um it's like okay well he's shooting about two under par that's about right and everything that i was everything that i was hitting was going left and that's exactly how he hits. That's what he does, right? Um, so you end up, you know, saying, "Well, how would I handle this particular player if I was, say, you know, a caddy, or if I was, you know, if I was this player?" So I love that that challenge, and mm-hmm. I love the head to head that you can do with with the game as well. Um, and the and the detail you can also make the detail as as much as you want. You can play a basic game. Yeah. Uh, you can go as far as you know determining what your what your lie is in the rough. You know, are you are you buried a little bit? Are you sitting up uh, uh, in the sand? Are is it a, is it a fried egg kind of buried, yeah. or are mm-hmm. you sitting well? Or do you have a lip in front of you? You can make it as detailed as you want, and it's really really challenging depending on how much time I have you know to spend with a round. Right. Um, the, you know, I, I love the level of detail and, and the options that you get. It's just amazing. Yeah. And, and I think you made a great point. I think it's a point that other people have made too. It's just the, the, the nuance of having players who play to their abilities, their strengths, their weaknesses, as opposed to just having charts and roll. And, and I, I, and I'm sure you and you and your dad had a great time, just, you know, rolling dice and, and, and deciding on which club to use, but, with with APA, it brings the individual players into a game. And I, I think a lot of people would think that, well, I would just rather play me against him. But when you start using actual players, and if you're a sports fan, I think that's really where it, the difference is made. That's the step you make up into playing a game like APA. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and another level of uh, realism that I just started getting into over the last uh, few months playing is um, – there's there's a special section on each uh, uh, each individual golfer, uh, how that person does under pressure, how that person mm. works with a scramble situation, like you know mm-hmm. you know you're you're in a you're in a situation where you're in a yeah. crap or the rough and it's an up and down situation. You got to make par right. and it's and it's a you know maybe it's a it's a tournament. Um, how they do with momentum, um, like like certain players if they all of a sudden eagle a hole, they're they, they're you know they're they're in the zone. It's and like then, they get pumped. And, yeah, they get yeah, pumped, yeah. and then and then yeah. certain some players do it, some players don't. Some players yeah. handle pressure better, some don't, and that's factored in. Uh, with uh, it, it'll give you a little bit of an advantage 
on your next shot. Um, yeah. and, and I like that. So if all of a sudden I'm playing Ricky Fowler and he's got a couple of birdies going and mm-hmm. he's got that momentum, I can play that momentum and I can get a brilliant uh, uh, tee shot coming off that next hole to get yeah. a better advantage. And that's exactly what happens with these players. You see the, the, the pressure they're under and, and uh, or you see some of the players that, you know, they get too much pressure and they choke. And that's even yeah. reflected in some of the uh, uh, some of the results. And so that's I mean, there's there's layer after layer of realism. And that's what really has impressed me. Yeah. And I think you made a good point, too. You can make it as simple and basic as you want, or you can really delve into the game and 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 play it like you're right on the course uh, uh, with the master uh, way of playing it. And it's, it, it just depends on, on your level. Sometimes it depends on your time. Uh, and, and sometimes it just depends on what mood you're in of whether or not you really want to delve in uh, to the game, not only golf, but the other games that Apple puts out there that can be played in some in 45 minutes and others can take you a couple hours if you really get into it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so what, when you were, when you were growing up, did you, actually play golf did you go you said your dad played a lot of golf did you play i did a little bit we had a, a, just a group of kids in the neighborhood we'd go down to the pitch and putt course and we'd just you mm-hmm. know knock around a little bit and i, I used mm-hmm. to like putting a lot um but uh I, I asked my mom about this after my dad passed away um uh years ago i said how come he never really brought me into into the sport uh she said well you know you were playing baseball and football and you know i guess you really weren't interested in it and um but i took i took it up um in the 80s and played a lot i mean i had about maybe a five or six handicap when i was playing you know somewhat competitively in uh uh, the 80s and then uh just kind of you know other things got in the way you know job got in the way i didn't have a whole lot of time to play and then just recently i picked it up again over the last uh three about three and a half, three, four years, seriously, mm-hmm. um, because doing mornings on the radio, I'm, I'm done by 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, I can get out of the station. I can be on the course by one. So I've got all the time in the world to play to golf in the afternoon. So, and as I get older and <laughs> start looking toward <laughs> hanging up this 42 year career, yeah. um, then, you know, I'm starting to play a little bit more golf. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah. Well, it's, it's great. And it'll dovetail nicely uh, in your love of uh, a golf and the app, the game. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like when you grew up, though, you were a sports fan as a kid. You you liked uh, uh, sports and got into it a lot. Oh, yeah. I uh, was a big uh, Dodger fan. I grew up with oh, them. Uh, and, and I remember going with my dad to the uh, the first year at Dodger Stadium. Uh, yeah. when it first opened uh, yeah. in the uh, uh, early 60s and then and then yeah. the funny thing was is now it's like it's i think it's the second or third oldest yeah, the third stadium oldest stadium i know it's hard to believe right? that really dates you um and then uh you know i was a big rams fan as well uh, mm-hmm. until they moved as soon as uh, georgia frontier got a hold of the team and moved yeah, to st louis yeah. i went see you later no no longer a rams fan but i'm i'm a rams fan again a little bit so yeah yeah um, but that's that, yeah but yeah, I mean, I, and I was a big Packers fan for a, for a while. And, and the only reason I would I turn into a Packers fan because the first book that I ever read, which was like a, a you know a grown up book, big boys book, was uh, Bart Starr's biography. Oh, okay. And so this is the first paperback book I ever read, and and, and it's yeah. like, oh, I'm now a Packers fan, and I've been one ever since. You, um, you got you got to pick up Jerry Kramer's book though. Have you, have you, did you, and I can't think of the name of it uh, for some way it, it went out of my head. But when I was a kid, I read that book. It was kind of the equivalent of Jim Bouton's ball four. 
but Jerry Kramer, now you know Jerry Kramer, he was a, a, a lineman for, yeah. for the Packers. Yeah. A good one, a really good one. It's a great book. And if you, you know, have any uh, uh, likeness for the, for the Packers, uh, that's a book you, you need to, you need to read. But I'll I digress that. Yeah. a little bit. But, um, but yeah, if you're if you're any way a Packers fan, you and John Hurston would get along. Did you talk about that while you were in the office? We did, we did. We, and we found out that he he was a big um, a proponent of uh, minor league baseball up in uh, in Lancaster. I guess when 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 he was working, I guess up in the uh, the original offices. Yeah, there. right. Mm-hmm. And so and then I was uh, uh, the stadium announcer for uh, uh, one of the teams in the California League when I was in uh, California. And we were talking about just different players that were coming through the minor league system, some very quickly, and they would skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. comes to mind. I mean, I watched right. him go through the uh, San Bernardino Spirit in the California League for, for one season, and then boom, he was, he was off the Gone. ground. Right. And, but I was, I was telling John Herson about um, uh, some of the guys who were playing uh, for the Bakersfield Dodgers in the California league. And I was, I was the announcer for the high desert Mavericks. That was the team. We were a mm-hmm. uh, Padres affiliate. Right. Uh, and we didn't really have anybody on our squad that really ever made anything. Uh, Jose Valentin is the only name I think that really went in and uh-huh. did anything. Okay. Um, but uh, for this, and this is like 1989, I guess. Yeah. Like, like 89, 90. And um, for the Dodgers, Mike Piazza was playing for the, uh, the Bakersfield Dodgers. And so he'd get up there and, and being the opposing team, we'd play with him a little bit. And so he'd come up to bat. It's like, now batting for the Dodgers, Mike Piazza. <laughs> and he, and he, he, he'd be in his batting stance and he'd turn and he'd look up to the booth like, you son of a... <laughs> Like that's minor league. We can get away with that stuff. That you can do exactly right. You're, you're exactly. You can get away with a lot. The further down you go in the line, exactly. Major league baseball. But it was so yeah. much fun, and and it, and that I think for a lot of people who who support and go to the minor league baseball games, that's true baseball because they're 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 hungry. They're a little sloppy. It's good game, and it, it's 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 not as slick maybe as as some of the the, the big league games. Uh, yeah, but yeah. it's just always fun and you're up close and personal and it's, and it's always just a, uh, just a great time. It, it is. It's fun. And, and it's all about the promotions and in between. There's always something happening at a minor league game. Absolutely. Yeah. We were talking a long, a long time about uh, Ted Giannolis, who is the old yeah, San Diego the chicken. chicken. Yeah. yeah. And his experiences, my experience, he's a great guy. I mean, he was, he was yeah. very meticulous and he was, he was very much into, you know, what he was going to be doing entertainment wise. Yeah. And on the other end of that spectrum, if anybody's ever seen Max Patkin, Oh uh, yeah. The yeah. clown prince of baseball. Whatever Bull Durham, the movie Bull Durham. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's mm-hmm. long gone now, but what, right. a, what an ass. Oh yeah. God. He was horrible to work with. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> he was just, just not a, not a nice human being at all. And, oh, uh, great man. Give me my money. I'm out of here. It's like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that there are that, there are those types too. There are those types in, in, uh, in the sport. I mean, I've, I've run across a few of them. I, I, I I was a groundskeeper for the Reds for eight years, and uh, I could tell you some stories, uh, good and bad, about oh, some of the that I run into. But, you know, it's interesting, I tell, I, and I mentioned that we have, you know, some things in common. I mean, you talked about you 
or the stadium announcer for the Atlanta uh, United, uh, uh, the soccer team. You're also the uh, announcer, the arena announcer for the Atlanta Gladiators. Uh, are they still in the ECHL? Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I was the uh, arena announcer for the Cyclones for a few years. The oh, Cincinnati there you go. Cyclones. So, yeah, I was the fill-in guy. I wasn't the main guy, but I, I did the fill-in work. And yeah. I'll tell you what, that is so much fun to do. I also uh, uh, did PA for... Uh, the minor league basketball team that was in town for a couple of years, but to just to be there and, and you're right. I mean, there's things you can get away with uh, in in those arenas that you can't end up in the big uh, major league arenas. I mean, I said some things when I was uh, the PA guy for the basketball team that probably could have gotten me fired in about a minute uh, and, and other, and other arenas, but uh, it's just so much fun. What, what, uh, I know you you kind of do that as a side hustle, but what uh, what do you really find the, the the best thing about doing that type of work is? Um, it's it's just the energy that's in the yeah. uh, that in both arenas. Uh, I've mm-hmm. I've been a big hockey fan for a long time, and yeah. uh, played hockey. That was I think the the uh, one, I think the most fun sport that I've ever played as an adult. And I kind of wish that I would have been able to play youth hockey and not a whole lot of it going on in Southern California. Right. Um, right. But I mean, I, I played up until I was about 55, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and my doctor said, you got to give it up. I think you're going to too much <laughs> back surgery, no um, doubt. but it was just so much fun. And, and I got involved with the Atlanta thrashers when they were here and I was, oh, there, okay. I was their PA announcer. And then when they went away, uh, I was up in uh, New York for a little bit. And actually, well, I was like you, I was the backup guy for the uh, Rangers. And I did about, Mm. I did two or two or three games uh, there at Madison Square Garden. And that was, that was amazing. Wow. That's just, the energy in there is just crazy. (laughs) And then like for the Thrashers and even for the Gladiators on a minor league scale, uh, it's all about what happens during stoppage. It's all what happens during, you know, in between the periods and the intermissions. Sure. And it's all the entertainment yeah. value. And it's everything you have going on, to, you know, to, to get people, especially in the South, who might not be big hockey fans, to just come out mm-hmm. and have a good time and watch the hometown team and, and you know, maybe enjoy a, a new sport experience. But sure. for Madison Square Garden with the Rangers, it's all hockey. It's hockey, hockey, hockey. Oh, absolutely. Nothing. Yeah. There's there's nothing in the way of side entertainment, really, uh, aside from what's maybe in, in, in the intermissions. Uh, the announcements are straightforward. There's no music. Yeah. There's no nothing. It's just all hockey it's all and, hockey, baby. and chance, you know, and but because the crowd's into it. And that's what they want. And that, and that yeah. it works really well for them. Uh, so that was an amazing experience. And yeah, that, for, for Atlanta United, uh, for the soccer team, it's the energy in, in a soccer stadium, especially when mm-hmm. you have a team like that, is just loud. 70,000 people, and they just chant nonstop. Oh, yeah. And we nicknamed them the, uh, the, the, the 17s because uh, that's the year that everything formed. And so they retired the number 17, and they just oh, called okay. that number 17 as the fans. And it's the entire energy and the entity in the uh, arena which is just phenomenal and that's that's what draws me is just being up there and being part of the energy it is and 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 you know you and you're and sometimes you're the guy that can drum them up i mean you can really you can really get them going and, oh yeah uh, uh I, I know the hardest thing that i found about doing hockey was the pronunciation of the russians and the swedes i <laughs> i it, it took me two hours to prep just to kind of phonetically write them down and what they were but uh but all it was it was so much fun, and, and I actually got the I actually got the press 
the scoring horn. Were you able to do that? Were you, did you get that job? Yes. Too? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yes. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and we have it to where like, and, and if we, uh, uh like for hockey, it's just a big hockey train horn. If you, for lack of yeah, a right. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah. and if they score, it's you just lean on it and just, <laughs> and then we'll lean on it for like thirty seconds or whatever, and then it's and then it's a short the short for each each goal. So if you're if it's the fourth goal, it's burn, 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 burn. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. There's a code amongst. Us uh, PA guys. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, you probably did the same thing as I was always for the hockey games. I would always uh, go over to uh, the uh, visitors broadcast booth and mm. talk to a couple of the guys, you know, from from yeah. the home broadcast and go, how do you pronounce this guy's name? You know, right. Exactly. Right. And then, of course, if they were one of our favorite villain players, it would always be a purposeful <laughs> mispronunciation. <laughs> Yeah, you always got to stick in, you know, maybe uh, uh, a capital uh, uh, or, or a, a hard sound rather than a soft sound. Yeah, it, it was always. And then, you know, the, the, I liked it when they would come over into the penalty box, which is right next to, to where I, at least I was. I don't know about when you were doing it, but yep. it usually is. And then you'd say their name and they would just look and glare, glare. And I, <laughs> it was everything you could do. I was, I I was safely up. I was safely up in the rafters. Yes. Oh, okay. We were right on the ice, man. We were right there, right next to the, right next to the penalty box. But yeah, it is, it's great fun. And, uh, and, and I guess that kind of dovetails, you know, into what you were doing. I mean, you got a, for what I can hear, you got a great voice for, for radio and, and, and for announcing. And, and, and I gotta, I gotta ask you, you know, you're, you're doing the, the DJ stuff now on the, on 97.1. And did you have a love, I know you like sports when you were young, but did you have a love of music when you were, when you were young and growing up? Oh, absolutely. That, and that's what got me into it. Um, just, uh, you go through different phases of, uh, what you, what you listen to and what you're exposed to. And it's like any kid, you know, like I'm, I'm 60 years old now. So any kid grew up mm-hmm. grew up with the Beatles, you know, so it's all mm-hmm. about the Beatles. And then, then you discover, Oh, here's this really other band called the Rolling Stones. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then, but, th- but still it was pop radio and, you know, I was into, you know, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival and, and some of the, you know, the <laughs> rock stuff, but a lot of the pop sixties that I really liked, um, yeah. And then that, as the '70s got underway, it was just you know whatever was on the radio, and so rock and roll really wasn't part of my makeup at that point mm-hmm. uh, until some of the bigger kids in the neighborhood were starting to 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 show me bands like Yes and Emerson uh-huh. Lake and Palmer and the Moody Blues right. and 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 progressive rock kind of got into my uh, in, in, into my world, and that was the that was you know big big kid music and so i mm-hmm. kind of got an appreciation for that and bands like deep purple and even the doors and to you know, a certain extent oh, yeah. and then so i was really into the progressive rock and then all of a sudden i jumped from that into punk rock i discovered punk um my girlfriend at the time took me to a ramones concert on the, oh, uh, the west coast and it was actually their, yeah. their, it was their first uh, uh west coast show ever 
And so I'm, I'm into like, you know, pop and maybe a little bit of progressive rock, whatever. And all of a sudden I see these guys and, and the, the show lasted 35 minutes and they must have played like, like 30 <laughs> songs. Very was, fast. Though. But it was just like, boom, 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 boom. It was, just, yeah, it was right. completely in your face. And I went, oh, this is going to piss off the parents. This is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> so then I started collecting punk rock and, and I started getting into that. And uh, so I was then into punk and then I got into radio and I was always into that element, even though I was working you know, pop and rock radio. Uh, so I turned into a little bit of a music snob. And so now uh, all the bands that I kind of avoided in the 80s, because I was in a new wave and, and that kind of stuff oh, yeah. in the in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but all the Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue and Poison oh, and, and yeah. Bon Jovi, I skipped over those, went, oh God, no, those are hair <laughs> bands. But now that's, yeah. and that's our meat and potatoes right now at 97 Won the River. And, but now, it's like, I remember that song. I remember, I remember the video for that. And it's like, it, 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 right. what a, it became a guilty pleasure. And it's like, you know, I really, really like these bands. These bands really yeah. were, they were good for what, you know, for what it was. For what they was at the time. Right, right. And so it right. all kind of, it all comes together now. So it's pretty much just anything, anything rock and roll is, 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 you know, is, is a passion of mine. So now, now you and I are about the same age. You said you're 60, I'm 64. Yep. Um, your first concert what was your first concert uh beach boys chicago and santana at anaheim stadium wow now there's there's a trio and how old were you at that, at that uh point? i would have been 16 oh okay 15, All right, well, 15 yeah, 16 right, right in prime time there yeah i've seen the beach boys many 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 times uh coming through town probably half a dozen times and uh and i think every time uh uh it was either steve miller or uh what was the other guy's name there's an uh dave mason remember dave mason yeah 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 he, they were all he they either one of those two was always the 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 lead-in band yeah but you will probably never guess what my first concert was now remember i'm 64 years old don't say Beatles. don't say the beatles 1964 i was eight years old cincinnati gardens august the beatles oh wow yeah can you believe i mean i you know, at the time, I, I went with my mom, my older sister, it was me, and a friend of mine. So, you know, keep in mind, we're in the second grade. And and I was a huge Beatles fan, though. I loved them. I, I, and that was really probably my first love before I fell in love with baseball. But it was about the same time, about the same year. And uh, to think that, you know, I got to see the Beatles uh, and, and my first concert. Now, my real first concert was probably Alice Cooper about eight nine years later like when you yeah <laughs> when you saw but uh, but yeah I, I i i'm like you man i i just i love music uh, uh, and, and music and sports together you can't beat it you know oh yeah but, uh, but let, me ask, comes, let me ask you this when you yeah, saw the beatles yeah. did, did you could you even hear the concert no i heard a couple of chords and i'm not even sure they were the right chords <laughs> I, I don't think they even knew what they were playing it was so so loud and the funny thing is we were way up in the rafters and i mean you could see the stage because it was kind of in the middle and uh, and but i mean the sound was just deafening oh and yeah years later i went back to watch hockey there uh and i'd actually seen a couple of basketball games there too when the royals were were part of the uh, nba and but i go back and i'm thinking it's not that big of an arena i mean it's not that so we couldn't have been that far away but you know, when you're eight years old and you're you're just trying to survive, <laughs> and you, just all the, the screaming, the oh, the oh, screaming! Anyways, 
I don't know how they did it. I mean, I don't know really how you could stand up there and 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 have that coming at you and have any semblance of order. And even in, in interviews I've heard, it was like we really didn't know what we were playing. We couldn't hear each other. Yeah, we couldn't. Yeah. And the sound systems were, you know, pretty archaic back then. And, and you just couldn't hear yourself. They just didn't. Know, but, they, they didn't know how to handle it. And that's why they never yeah. they never really toured and never really played live that long. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe two yeah. or three years uh, really on world tours. And that was about it. Yeah, but but it but it was it, it, it was an incredible time and uh, and yeah, but I've lo- uh, loved music from from that point on. So, uh, but yeah, I you know when when I when I was looking at your bio, I thought, man, uh, you know, me and Steve, we we kind of run in the same circles there and do the same things. And uh, uh, so it, it, let me end this on on an app note. Um, uh, you're into golf. Do you think you might uh, venture into any of the other games that uh, you saw when you were at the warehouse with John? And there's so many. Uh, base, yeah. Baseball is what really kind of attracted me. Uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to venture into uh, uh, to Apple Baseball uh, just to yeah. to see the level of detail that that I hear so much about. And I've got a couple of friends here uh, in Atlanta who are also uh, uh, baseball mm-hmm. fans with uh, yeah. with Apple. So we're going to try to get something something going. That'd be and, great. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward yeah. to. Yeah, well, well, it's a great game. Uh, we're, we're glad to, to get you aboard. It, it took golf to get you into the to the group, but now you're uh, uh, now you're full fledged, and uh, uh, it it is a great time. You're going to love it. Uh, if uh, if you want to, if you you got any uh, plans to do any uh, uh, tournaments, baseball tournaments, uh, give me a call. I'll I'll definitely uh, look into it. They got a great product called App to Go where you can play online. That's what I've heard. You, yeah, yeah, and you'll you'll really love that. I mean, it's 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 a great great. Uh, format and uh uh before a guy like you that uh, is playing on the go and trying to get games in when you can excellent oh listen steve i i can't tell you how much i appreciate you uh taking the time to join me uh, uh when i drive through uh atlanta or through in that area i'm going to turn on 97.1 the river and uh and listen to you if it's between 5 and 10 a.m i appreciate that john thanks for having me uh, it's been an honor really uh not a problem my friend and uh we'll talk we'll talk again i'm, I'm sure we will thanks john i appreciate it Thank you, buddy. That was Steve Craig of 97.1 FM, The River in Atlanta, and uh, a guy that's picked up the APA golf game and uh, says he's probably going to get into a couple more baseball being one, but always good to have another member of the community. We'll take a break here and we come back. We'll have a wrap-up to today's podcast, and you are listening to This Week in APA, and we'll be right back. And welcome back, everybody, to This Week in App. I'm your host, John Azalon, and I hope you enjoyed that uh, conversation I had with Steve Craig of 97.1 FM in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, an APA, a newcoming APA enthusiast. And, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to talk a little bit about golf anyway. We don't get into uh, some of the sports like golf and, and hockey uh, even uh, football uh, quite often enough. I, I know that uh, this podcast, uh, for the most part, has revolved um, around the baseball game. But mostly, you know, I think it revolves around the, the APA community and, and really what it means uh, to every one of us out there. And uh, it's just great to talk to folks who play the game and, uh, and, and, and explain and, and kind of describe their experiences uh, in playing APA. And uh, uh, Steve was, was very kind and gracious 
to give up his time to to come on and talk to me, and I thought it was a good conversation, and I appreciate it. Um, before we uh, take leave on another episode of This Week in Apple, a couple things that are new. And speaking of golf, there are new uh, golf courses available this week at the Apple Game Company, Cactus Valley and Metro Memphis. Uh, you can figure out what those really are uh, if you put the time and effort into it. Um, of course, uh, the uh, 2020 uh, BBW file is here, is there in Alpharetta and ready uh, to be ordered. And uh, I don't know how many of you have uh, ordered the uh, the cards uh, or the disc for the 2020. Uh, I don't know what you would call it, uh, pre-play or <coughs> wow, excuse me. Um, or, uh, or or what you would put a name to it, but very interesting file, very interesting cards, and I think you're going to enjoy it because, quite frankly, I'm not sure we're going to see real baseball in its entirety. Well, we I know we're not going to see baseball in its entirety, 60 games at best. Uh, speaking of uh, APA baseball, there are three tournaments that are still going to be held uh, in the month of July, uh, there's going to be the second annual Far West APA Baseball Tournament that is going to go on on July 11th. On July 12th, uh, the uh, Rocky Mountain APA Baseball Tournament. Uh, I take that back. Uh, that one was rescheduled, uh, but the um, let me make sure. Uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, Far West APA Baseball Tournament is still a go, uh, as is the uh, July 18th Florida APA Baseball Tournament uh, that will be held in Claremont, Florida. Uh, so uh, a couple of tournaments uh, still going to be played. Um, and, you know, within the next uh, few days, maybe I'll try to contact uh, one or two of those directors. One of them is uh, our good friend Tony Stevens uh, to see uh, how they are preparing uh, to do that and what kind of measures they have had to uh, to employ to be able to at least uh, to their standards and, and, and to everyone else's uh, provide enough safety uh, for the players to be able to keep those going. I'm sure they have really uh, made a huge effort to do that. So uh, those are coming up. And, uh, hey, if you're at home, locked down, just keep playing APA, friends. It's, it's, it's a good distraction. It's a, it's a great hobby. And uh, uh, listen, if you, uh, if you want, just contact me on the podcast uh, uh, website. You can send me a voicemail. I would really appreciate that if you want to let me know what you are doing during this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, as far as APA goes, uh, what you're doing to, to kill some time, what games you're playing, uh, and things of that nature. You got one minute to do it. Uh, just go to the podcast site. Go to voicemail and send me a 60-second voicemail, and uh, I will be sure to listen to it and maybe mention it on following podcasts. So that'll wrap it up from here. Uh, Hope you are staying safe. Hope you are enjoying life as it is. And until next time, I'm John Aslan saying so long, and thanks for listening to This Week in APA.